Many people never experience God to the degree that he wants us to experience him because there is a sense of satisfaction in our abilities. I'm pausing for effect. We, we are not yet hungry for him. Or I know you're believing God and you're confessing, but I, I realize that what we do is we release our words, but we are expecting a man-made system to sort it. But until you come to the place of, you know what, I, I agree, I've come to the end of myself. The Holy Spirit is not ready to step in yet. Amen? Anybody feeling like this morning, I've come to the end of myself? You know, you, can, you don't have... You, can, thank you so much. L let me tell you something. Um, life... The reason why in the past, you know, in, in generations past, people glorified poverty. Do you know why they glorified poverty? They glorified poverty because when you are poor, you have no choice but to seek God. And so they found that people who are poor were experiencing something that the rich weren't necessarily experiencing. And so that was why people glorified poverty because it seemed that the poor have access to God. And then, you know, it's one thing to, to reach that kind of conclusion and then misunderstand the scripture when the scripture talks about the eye of a needle and rich man. We just kind of, you know, it, it, I, I think I said this when we're talking about sex, that is, it's, it's sometimes we as, particularly us as believers, we have our own personal prejudices concerning certain things. But what then happens is that we now become dangerous because it's a dangerous thing when you have a scripture to back up your prejudice. This is, where script, this is where Christians become dangerous. When you hate the person, not primarily because you hate sin, but because you hate what they, this particular sin, which is different to your sin. I'm preaching so good the church is quiet this morning. The way we react to people, you know, who, who maybe are, are, are doing things that, things that evidently con contradict the word of God. But, but, but sometimes we act more righteous concerning certain things than we do concerning other things. If your, if, your, if your righteous anger concerning the homosexual was the same concerning your own fornication, then, then I, I, I can say, okay, maybe we have, I'm preaching good, maybe we have something. But the reality is you are not just angry because it's, it's an act that is against the will of God, but because personally you don't understand it, you don't connect to it. And then you have a scripture to back up your prejudice. And so you become a terror. I'm preaching good. It's the same thing with poverty. Sometimes we have the wrong mindset or you have a, a misunderstanding or you misunderstand something. And then you have a scripture to back it up. Like the guy who misunderstands Ephesians chapter 5. And then starts to use the scripture to back up his need to, to, to abuse his wife. It's a dangerous thing. I don't know why I went there, but maybe somebody needed to hear that. The point I'm making is that, is that poverty was glorified in times past because when you are poor, you have no choice but to seek God. But the reality is that it isn't poverty. God did not, does not want poverty to make you seek him. God wants us to seek him. Whether Deuteronomy 11 says, whether you are on the mountaintop a land that is full of hills and valleys. But both on the mountaintop and in the valley, the land drinks water from the rain of heaven. 
In other words, those on the mountaintop are still desperate for the rain of heaven. Those in the valley are still desperate for the rain of heaven. This morning, I am sensing that it is just those who are in the valley that are saying, I am ready for you, Lord. But I'm calling those of you who think you are on the mountaintop this morning to say you need this same rain. So we all ought to be in this place of desperation. No, it's because it's not based on where you're, what you're going through. It is based on what God wants to do in us. So I'm going to ask the question again. Have you run out of yourself yet? It's a decision you have to make. If you have, just put your hand up. Let heaven see you. To say, I, I've run out of myself. I'm ready for you, Lord. I, I have nothing else to add to this equation. One more time, say after me, Lord. Fill me up. Because the empowerment that comes into our lives, thank you, you can put your hands down. The empowerment, that comes, the empowerment that comes into our lives, the blessing that comes into our lives, comes when you become a follower of Jesus, and, 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 and it depends on your relationship with the Spirit of God. Because the Spirit of God is the active presence of God on earth. The Spirit of God is the executor of the will of God upon the earth. The Spirit of God is, is God present with you today. Are you with me so far? Uh, and so last week, we saw how the Holy Spirit empowers us. God was speaking to Joshua and the high priest in, 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 in the Bible, and he's, Joshua and Zerubbabel, sorry, Joshua the high priest, and Zerubbabel, who was the governor, and they were rebuilding the city, and God said to them, this is not going to be done by power or by might, but it's going to be done by his spirit. Amen? Everything, that, everything of value that God is looking to do in your life is going to be done by the Spirit of God. So I am calling us to be a people who are not, it's not dependent on where you are, whether things are going right or whether things are not, but because we understand that the will of God is that we are that land that drinks water from the rain of heaven. Someone say, Lord, I am thirsty for you. Satisfy my thirst. The book of Matthew chapter 3. I'm speaking to you today about the Holy Spirit's ability to purify. I know this is, I was, I was um, preparing this message. I was like, you know, Lord, this is not a sexy message. Amen. You know, you know what I mean? Some messages, you know, like, like um, if we say the message was breakthrough in 24 hours. Ooh, that's sexy. Amen. The anointing working in me. That's, ooh. But stay with me because as we, uh, I don't, don't check out because I'm calling this message purifying. Because the, the reality is that we're about to step into something. Can I just teach today? Because you, you are about to go to another level of glory. I, I, I believe, hear me, this is what I'm hungry for. I don't know about you. I, I think I said this last week. I'm going to say it again. I'm tired. I don't play church. Okay? So I'm really, I'm not going to be shouting about glory to glory without going from glory to glory. Okay, so there is another level of glory, and this is how we get there. Let some folks shout about it. Amen. Praise God for that. If that's where you are, that's awesome. But let's get into the word. Because this week can be different. Because the Holy Spirit is real. And he can cleanse. He can purify. He can turn some things. He can refine. Are you with me so far? Uh, uh, so stay with me. Tell your neighbor, stay with me. Okay, Matthew chapter 3. Um, this is Jesus speaking. Matthew chapter 3. Do I have your attention this morning? Matthew chapter 3, verse 11 says, Indeed, this is John, sorry, not, not Jesus. 
um, John, John speaking here, he says, I indeed baptize you with water unto repentance. But he who is coming after me is mightier than I, whose sandals I am not worthy to carry. And check out what he says about Jesus. Jesus. So this is John speaking about Jesus Christ. Okay? And he's saying about what Jesus or what Jesus will bring to us or who Jesus will bring to us. He says he will baptize you with the Holy Spirit. One more time. Let's pray that prayer. Say, Spirit of God, baptize me afresh. I want to ask that you make that a regular thing where you're constantly asking because you're never going to have too much of the Holy Ghost. Amen? Drink, drink. Let's go to that place where you have too much of him and worry about it then. But until then, amen, until then, let's just keep asking. Are you with me so far? So he says, he says he will baptize you with the Holy Spirit, but not just that, and fire. Someone say Holy Spirit, Holy Spirit. and fire. And fire. Notice that what Jesus is to baptize us with is the Holy Spirit and with fire. In Acts chapter 2, during the Pentecost, the scripture says that tongues of fire, not only did the Spirit of God show up and they began to speak with other tongues, tongues of fire showed up as well. Now, let me just insert this here. The reason, um, two things to say. Number one, nobody will ever teach you enough for you to know the Holy Spirit. I can only reveal to you what he does and persuade you to use what you have heard to discover him for yourself. No matter what I tell you about my wife, until you meet her, you don't know her. Okay, so I want you to have that mindset as we go, go, as we look at these things. I'm bringing you information from Scripture, revelation from Scripture that should enable you and you and I to engage the Spirit of God more. And, and the reason I'm going through the, the functions or the works of the Holy Spirit is because sometimes when we don't know his purpose in our lives, we think that the Holy Spirit is present just to help us fall out. Or the Holy Spirit is present just to give us the goosebumps. Or, you know, all the kind of religious things that we settle with. But the, the, the presence of the Holy Spirit is, is God fulfilling his promise to bless you, to empower you. And so we're looking at these things in detail so you know what to expect on a daily basis. If you understand that so far, say amen. amen. And so look at this. When we get born again... When we, go, when we get born again, we, we, we still have so much that isn't of God on the inside of us. How many people can attest to that? You know, the day you got born again was not the last day you thought a bad thought. Let's not talk about what you did. Let's talk about just your thoughts, okay? The things that you expect. Just this, this morning, whilst you are worshiping, you know, some thoughts came into your mind that were not of God. Don't put your hand up so that we don't know. Okay? But, but you know what I mean? Because even though we are born again, look at you acting holy. Don't make me ask you to put your hand up because some of you are looking righteous, okay? Because when, even though we are born again, there are still some things that are not of God that are in us, okay? There are still some things that are not the will of God that we find on the inside of us. And the job of the Holy Spirit, the job of the Holy Spirit is to purify. Let me, let me use another word. It is to refine, okay? It is to make better. Are you with me so far? The believer is meant to be getting better. Amen. It's been 20 years. We've been dealing with the same thing. That's not okay. Because the Spirit of God is a refiner. He is, he is a purifier. He, he helps us get better. He wants you to, he wants to help get, get rid of that addiction. You don't need to keep getting offended about the same thing all the time. It's time to grow. 
Amen. You don't need to be in a place where you need to be manipulated to give. It's time to grow. The Spirit of God needs to purify that fear of giving and take it out of you. Amen. Look, just two people clap. The, the, the Spirit of God is wanting us to grow. We don't need to be, we, we are believers. We don't need to be people who are being chased around. To live the will of God. No, maybe the first three years, maybe the first five years, maybe the first ten years. But if you are fellowshipping with the Holy Spirit, part of his job is to purify. His job is to refine you. Is to, to make you better today than you were yesterday. Are you with me so far? Something can be done about that temper. Something can be done about that fear. Something can be done about that sickness that is in your body that, that was passed on from your mother, passed on from her mother, passed on from her mother, and passed down the line. There is a person of the Holy Ghost who is a purifier. He purifies. He can fix certain things. If the same spirit that raised Jesus from the dead lives on the inside of us, shall he not also quicken our mortal bodies? There needs to be, I am calling us to a personal engagement with the Holy Ghost because God is going to raise you up. There is a better you that we need to introduce you to. There, there is a, another level. And, and by the way, this is for all of us. Are you listening? For all of us. Nobody is as great as they can be yet. And the Holy Spirit's job is to take you from glory to glory. And he does that by, another word for it is sanctifying. He purifies. He refines. He sanctifies. I don't know about you. I want to be better. Come on, anybody else want to be better? You know, you just, I just, I just want to be better. I don't want to be afraid of the same things I was afraid of three years ago. I want to be better. I want to be able to handle pressure better. I want to be able to speak to sickness and disease better. I want to lay hands on the sick and thank God for what he has done. But I see in the scripture that there are people whose shadows were able to heal the sick. I want to get better. I want to get better. And the Holy Spirit's job is to purify. So if we meet you in, a, in another period of time, the same anger issue is not the same issue. Somebody said, you know how many relationships that have been broken? Not because you weren't born again. Not because God didn't want you. But because there is some purifying. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Galatians chapter 5. Do I have your attention this morning? Someone says, Spirit of God. Purify me. This message is for big boys and big girls, okay? Amen. In other words, this is not for those who are looking to play, play church. This, this, is, no, it, this, are, this is not for those who are looking, to, to, to look, are looking for what to get away with. We've gone past that. This is for those who are looking to get to a new level. Galatians chapter 5. I'm going to just teach this word. Galatians chapter 5, verse 19 says, Now the works of the flesh are evident which are adultery, fornication, uncleanliness, lewdness, idolatry, sorcery, hatred, contentions, um, jealousies, outbursts of wrath, 
Selfish ambitions, we can talk about all of those in detail, but let them preach for, for, for itself. Dissensions, heresies, envy, murder, drunkenness, revelries, and the like. And look, look at what he says. Of which I tell you beforehand, just as I also told you in times past, that those who practice these things will not inherit the kingdom of God. Now, calm down, because every time we read this scripture, there is a level of um, fear that the enemy wants to bring, and we, we often interpret this scripture to mean that those who are practicing these things will not go to heaven. And on some level, we can go, we can talk about that on some level, that is what the scripture is saying. But I want you to stay with me as we dig into the level at which I want us to get a hold of what God is saying here. Because whilst we walk this earth in the natural world, there is another world that is superimposed on this one. Okay? As we sit here, as we walk this earth, there is another world that is superimposed on, on this world. And that world is the kingdom of God. Let, let me put it a different way. As we, as we operate our transport systems, our education system, our governmental systems, as we operate our healthcare system, there is another system that is available in this world, and that is the system of the kingdom of God. Because when we talk about the kingdom of God, we're talking about God's domain, a place where God rules, a place where God reigns. If you're with me so far, say amen. amen. So, so look at this. There is another kingdom superimposed. And so when Jesus showed up in the earth, Jesus began to tell them, change your mind because the kingdom of God is now accessible. Glory be to God. He says, he says repent. And, and, and growing up as a believer, the only way they taught me what that meant, are you still with me? The only way they told me what that meant was repent because heaven, you know, Jesus is coming soon and it's time to go to heaven soon. You know, I'm, I'm going to be 40 this year. Jesus has not come yet. Amen. <laughs> so, so, I, so I believe there was something even deeper. Now, I'm not negating the truth in all of that. You know where I am. But, but, but here's what I'm saying. Um, so, so we read this. We see this. The kingdom of God is superimposed. It, when Jesus showed up, the kingdom of God became more accessible to the world than it was before he showed up. So when, when John knew Jesus was coming, John began to preach, change your mind. The kingdom of God is accessible. In other words, change your mind that the NHS is the only way you can get your healing. Because the kingdom of God, where God is the perfected physician, it is accessible. But it requires a change of mind to allow us to tap into the kingdom of God. Okay, so, so Jesus preached the kingdom of God. In fact, that is the message Jesus preached. The, the, the gospel, the message of the kingdom, the accessibility of the kingdom of God. Uh, and so when, when we read this scripture, what the scripture is saying is that there is, there is a way to live. You can either live according to how you feel. And the way you feel, the way you think, the way you process things is the way to live in this world. If you want to live in London, you need to know how to feel. You need to know how to walk. You, need to, you know, you need to, it's your, your senses that you use to live in this world. But God is saying to us that if you live, if you live according to that, that our flesh, those senses, if, if all of your actions, if all of your life is based on those senses, the thing that he produces are all of the things that Paul has listed there. 
Are you, are, you, are you listening to me? In other words, if you only ever go with what you feel, if you only ever go with how you feel, if you only ever go with what your flesh is after, the thing that it produces is all of these things, the fornication, the uncleanliness, the lewdness, the idolatry, the, all of those things, the hatred, are you with me? All of those things, that's the only thing. It wasn't primarily about don't do these things. It's about where do they come from? It's about what does this thing produce in your life? I'm not, uh, do I have, if, you, if you're hearing say amen, amen, feel free to talk to me today because this is big. And so he's saying that, that, that all of these things are produced. All of these things are things that come out. They are the works of the flesh, and they are evident. Our world is full of the works of the flesh. Our flesh can do some good. But our flesh will always produce, if you stay with your flesh, eventually it will produce something that is not God's best for you. Are you with me so far? So look at this. He says, these, these are the works of the flesh. And, you, and he says, you can't, and those who, who are producing these, or uh, those who are practicing these, are evidently those, those who live according to their flesh. And those who live according to their flesh cannot inherit the kingdom of God. Let me put it this way. Unless you, you cannot access, listen carefully, you cannot access the kingdom of God, which the grace of God has qualified you for, with your flesh. Say it again. Say it again. The kingdom of God is available. Anybody agree with that so far? It is, and, and you qualify for all of it. So, so there is no requirement to qualify for the kingdom of God. However, the kingdom of God cannot be accessed by your flesh. Even though you qualify it, qualify for it, the kingdom of God is my son qualifies right now at one and a half. He qualifies for everything that I have. It's his. It's available to him. His world is not limited to his toys. There is another world where there are bank accounts, there are properties, there are stocks and shares that he has access to, he qualifies to, but he cannot access that in his current state as a child. So this is not a case of calling you to qualify for the kingdom of God. The grace of God already qualifies us for. But there is another realm of the kingdom of God that requires that we no longer walk by our flesh. Are you, are you learning something today? Say, neighbor, neighbor. I am learning something. So look at this. God did not, let me put it this way. To live by your flesh is to dishonor yourself. I'm going to say it again. To live by your flesh is to dishonor yourself. To think that all that you are, all that there is to you, is, is, the, is, the, is the things that you can feel with your senses or your flesh, that is to dishonor God. Because you are not your flesh. You are a spirit and you have a house, which is your flesh. Amen. It is to dishonor your ability. God did not create you to live by your flesh. Your flesh 
or your natural senses, they were given to us to enjoy the world that we live in here on earth. But your spirit, you know, you are a spirit having a natural experience. It's the same problem that angels, some time ago in the scripture, the scripture talks about how God, angels came upon the earth and they began to make a home in the earth. Do you remember that, that? We can look at that another time. Where they began to make a home in the earth because the girls were so fine. Angels, angels who live with God were sent on assignment, temporary assignment on the earth. And they fell in love with beautiful girls. Let me tell you, beautiful girls. Let me tell you, girls, you have power more than you know. Amen. You can even get an angel to leave God and say, I'm staying with you. <laughs> I leave it alone. So look at this, and it's the same thing with believers. We are, we are passing through this world. We are temporary residents here, and the will of God gave us the flesh to help us walk through this earth. However, you are not your flesh. You are a spirit, and this is what God is crying out for. This is what the Holy Spirit is crying out for. This is the reason for this message, because many of us are living like all that there is is our senses. When God is saying, no, there is more. Tell your neighbor, there is more. The flesh was given, you are, you are, you are, you are an eternal being. Your flesh was given to just help you walk through this 120 years or so on earth. It's not you. Amen. That's why you can't pay more attention to what you feel than what's going on on the inside of you. Because what's going on on the inside of you is eternal. What's going on the outside will pass away. In fact, we don't need a revelation to know that it's passing away. You just need to look at where you are right now 10 years ago. Hello, people. Any real people in the house? Some things be traveling places. You didn't think, whoa, I didn't think that could move. But it's moving. Let's not talk about that. Some of you are getting uncomfortable. So look at this. Look, look, look at it. As long as you live only on that level, the kingdom of God will elude you. Are you listening to me? Hello, Christian. Born again believer. As long as you and I live, and I'm going I'm, I'm to come in your house today. As long as you and I live on the basis of what we feel, on the basis of what we want in terms of our flesh, on the basis of how, as long as we live on that level, there are we qualify for the kingdom of God, but we will be exempt from the power that there is. And that's what he's saying here. Are you with me so far? If you're with me so far, say amen. amen. I want you to write this down because I don't want you to forget this. This is Holy Spirit breathe. Walking in the flesh will keep you out of operating in the kingdom of God, which God's grace has already qualified you for. Walking in the flesh will keep you operating, keep you out of operating in the kingdom of God, which God's grace has already qualified you for. Look at Galatians chapter 5. Are you seeing Galatians 5? Let's go to verse 22. Let me show you the work of the Holy Spirit. Are you with me so far? Hallelujah. Look at verse 22. Verse 22 says, but the fruit of the Spirit, hallelujah, is love, joy, peace, long-suffering, kindness, goodness, faithfulness, gentleness, self-control. 
And here is the thing that struck me about all of this. I used, now, please, please, I know, I know, I know in Sunday school you, you memorize the scripture and you're already remembering your cute Sunday school teacher who was teaching you this, but please just, just listen to what I'm saying. Don't, don't, don't start rehearsing or, or congratulating yourself because you remember all the fruit of the Spirit. That's not the point. That doesn't help anybody. Here is, here is what goes on. He says, he says look at this. The, the fruit of, all, of, of the Spirit is all of this. And he says, against these, there is no law. Oh, this is profound. He says, against this, there is no law. Stay with me. When you operate according to the flesh, there are laws that limit you. Amen? The law is a restraint. The reason you have the law on this road that says if you go beyond 20 miles or, 20 or 30 miles an hour, you will get a ticket. The, the reason they have is to put a restraint to, to limit how fast you can go in that space. Are you with me so far? You, you, you can only go so far satisfying, satisfying your flesh before the law limits you. Laws of life will limit you. You can only go so far satisfying your sexual desires before the laws of life will limit you. Amen? Because there will come a time when you can't do what you always did. Amen? I, I, I just whistled there so you can fill in the blank. Because the laws of life will limit you. There will come a point, if you live in the flesh... Um, where you, 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 you keep being without self-control, where you do whatever you want, whenever you want to, and your excuse is that God loves me. Of course he loves you. But the reality is, as long as you are without self-control, you will be operating in a zone with limitations. There are places you won't be able to go. There are things that you can't access. There are realms that you cannot get to. Let's just talk naturally. There are realms of success that will elude you if you don't have self-control. Because laws operate in this realm of the flesh to bring limitations. But what the Holy Spirit does is that when he walks with you and me, what he does is he begins to purify. He takes, he takes the lewdness. He takes the stuff that we're struggling with. As we walk with him, he purifies them and begins to produce fruit. He produces gentleness. And, and please, these fruits of the Spirit, they're not just nice, cute emotions. Do you know what kind of equity you are building in yourself if you always operated in self-control? Do you know what kind of equity you are building if you are a gentle person? Do you know what kind of equity you will build? Do you know the kind of business you would have built if you had some long suffering? The Holy Spirit produces these fruits in us, and these things are equity. Against these, there is no law. In other words, when the Spirit of God produces these things in you, you are unlimited. Did you hear that? There is no limit. Let me tell you, somebody who has self-control will go far. Someone who is patient will go far. 
somebody who is joyful, nothing can stop them. Nothing can steal their peace. Someone who is, who is kind, doors will open for them. Everybody is looking for kind people. Someone who is good and faithful. A faithful man, the Bible says, who can find. And the Spirit of God works with us and refines and refines to the place where wherever we go, we are producing kindness, producing goodness, producing joy. We, we were, you know, you know, the Spirit of God gives joy. We were, we, we were at, at, at Intercede. I'm not going to pick on her. But we were, we were at Intercede the other week. And the Spirit of God just, just gave someone joy. And that laughter just broke out. Because, and, and you know, you, you might think that's weird. But it's what the Spirit of God does. Joy is, is an impartation from the Holy Ghost that is absent from where you're going. So the Bible says, the joy of the Lord is your strength. There are things that you are going through that God will impart strength in you by releasing joy in your heart. And if you will leave your flesh alone and embrace the joy, strength will come. But you know, they taught us all of these things and we thought they're just cute little emotions. Just cute little fruits, not realizing that what the Holy Spirit does as he walks with me is that year after year, day after day, I get better with my faithfulness. I get better with being good. I get better. This is not looking, this is not about going to heaven. I'm already going to heaven. I'm all, but, but I'm talking about accessing the kingdom of God. This realm where the Bible says about Jesus, oh, are you with me so far? The Bible says, um, it says, it says against this there is no law. In John chapter 3, uh, John chapter, let's go to John chapter 3 and we'll pick it up another time. John chapter 3, verse 31, O Spirit of God. Can I tell you something? Uh, this is so big in me. Last night I was saying, God, just help me communicate this. This is big. But the Spirit of God will teach you this. Please stay with what we're looking at. Look at John chapter 3, verse 31. He says, he who comes from above is above all. He who is of the earth is earthly and speaks of the earth. He who comes from heaven is above all. He who comes from heaven is above all. Verse 32 says, and what he has seen or heard, that he testifies, and no one receives his testimony. He who has received his testimony has certified that God is true. Verse 34 is where I'm going. He says, for whom God has sent. Anybody, has, has God sent? sent you words, amen. He says, whom, him whom God has sent speaks the word of God. And check the, the line out. For God does not give the spirit with, by, by measure. In other words, when God sent you the spirit, there is no limit. Did you hear that? There is no limit. Do you know why, why you can raise the dead or perform miracles? Because the spirit of God is not limited to your flesh. It's not limited to natural stuff. When you step into the spirit of God, you become limitless. When you operate on a word that is based on a, an instruction from the spirit of God, you can be like Philip, translated from talking to an Ethiopian eunuch and moved, bam, bam, over there. Why? Because the spirit of God is not limited to your little legs. But it takes walking with him. And being in tune with him, please hear me, the, the idea is not 
doing good things. The idea is walking with the Spirit. Did you hear me? The focus is not, I've got to do more good things. Oh, I've got, that's not the focus. Because your goodness is as filthy rags before God. So the focus is not, I've got to do more good things. The focus is, I've got to walk with the Holy Ghost more. Did you hear that? The focus, the reason why you and I ought to be upset when we sin. We ought not to be condemned. We ought not to, not to you know, stay in a place of wallowing. We ought to realize that our sin has been paid for. But it also ought to be the case that if you miss the mark, you are not comfortable with that. And the reality, the reason why is because I don't want to get to the place where I am comfortable with not hearing the Holy Ghost. Because what that does is that that puts me in a place where there are limits. A place of limitation. Because against the laws of the flesh, there are limitations. But against the spirit, there is no law. This is where, this is where we as believers, the more we learn to walk with him, this is where we will get to where our shadows are healing folk. Because there is no law. There is no limitation. There is no, you can show up as a slave in Pharaoh's house, but if the spirit of God is on you, Pharaoh will make you the prime minister. Because people who don't have access to the spirit of God, they are operating in their flesh and limitations exist in the flesh. But in the spirit, there is no law. And the Spirit of God, his job is to sanctify. His job is to purify. His job is to work on Cheeto to say, why were you offended that they talked to you about that? And I can make all the excuses and say they shouldn't have said this, or this is why, or I can listen and say, no, no, no. I'm going to go beyond the place of being offended at this because I'm going to graduate and hear the Spirit. If I can hear the Spirit concerning being offended at one person, I get better at hearing the Spirit when it comes to dealing with nations. But as long as you're in your flesh, you want the Spirit to talk to you on the level of your flesh because you want the Spirit to tell them that they offended you. You want the Spirit to give you words to say so you can go back and tell them, yeah, now I know. You know how you argue with somebody in your head by yourself? You make up, you say, the next time I see them, this is what I'm going to tell. And you have full-on conversations. Don't look at me like uh, you've not been there. You have full-on conversations with yourself and say, I can't believe I missed, I, I forgot to tell them last, last time. When, this, when I come back, this is what I'm going to tell them. And you have that, com- but the Holy Spirit will catch you. The Holy Spirit will catch you in the middle of that. And instead of you focusing on what they did, he will start asking you, what are you afraid of? What are you worried about? Do you know that there is more value in me of finding out why did I get offended when they talked about my stomach? (laughs) There is more value. Are you with me so far? There is more value in understanding why did I do that? And the Spirit of God will purify. The next day they talk about your feet. You don't even move. Because you are, you are refined. You are royal. You are, this is what he wants to do. And, this is, and, and, and he does it. The, the evidence of this is that gentleness. The evidence is that, is that goodness, that long-suffering. That's the evidence of the refining work 
of the Holy Spirit. But, but, but we as believers have got to get to the place where we're saying, Spirit of God, today is your day. I am yours. Whatever you want for me is all right with me. Move in my life. Just refine me. I know what I want, but I want what you want most. Are you with me so far? Hallelujah. We have to park it there. Come on, take a few moments. Take a few moments. Against these, there is no law. Do you want to get to the place of, of <laughs> no limitations? The place of no limitations is accessible through a fluent relationship with the Holy Spirit. Just active relationship. The things that we are freaking out about in our flesh, the Holy Spirit has all the answers for. Amen? Take a moment and just say, Spirit of God, I want you. Take a moment and just say, Spirit of God, I need you in my life. Spirit of God, purify me. Purify me. Hallelujah. Amen. Help me put 2 Corinthians chapter 3. Just come on, keep talking to the Spirit of God. Make this moment real. You know, life is lived in moments. Make that moment. Let this moment count. And this moment will count if you talk to the Spirit of God honestly from where you are. 2 Corinthians 3 verse 18. It, it says... It says, we are with unveiled faces. No more pretenses. No more coverings. No more trying to look a certain way. No unveiled faces. Remove the veil from your face. Remove all the things that you use to cover up or all the excuses that we make for the things that the Spirit of God wants to take away from us. Remove all that. He says, we, as, we, we are with unveiled faces, beholding as in a mirror the glory of the Lord, we are being transformed into the same image from glory to glory. Look at how, just as by the Spirit of the Lord. In other words, when we come to the Spirit of God and we start, I use that example, and we, we start to say, Spirit of God, I'm open to what you want. Refine my thinking. Take that fear away. Refine my mind. What he does is that he starts to take you to the next level of glory. He refines you. He makes things better. He makes you better. Hallelujah. Say, Spirit of God, I yield to you this morning. Purify me. I yield to your purifying and sanctifying function in my life. Thank you that because you are with me, I am getting better. I am being refined. I am being sanctified. In Jesus' name, would you give the Lord a hand of praise?